Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of My Dog Will Eat My Face. I first off have to immediately apologize for not posting in the last week. I was really uh, down and out with just a stupid, obnoxious cold. (laughs) Not a big deal, but it really sucked the energy out of me even more so, and I was, uh, I was pretty gross. (laughs) So anyway, I'm not going to get into the details and then gross anyone out. So yeah, that's why I didn't post last week. I was just basically under the weather. And it, unfortunately, takes me a good amount of time to recover from even simple uh, common day bugs when it's done while I uh, am in late stage heart failure as I'm, as I am. So... That being said, again, I'm sorry, but uh, I am. The good news is, is I'm still alive, (laughs) I think. Uh, Evidence seems to indicate that I am alive, so. uh, And, uh, yeah, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't post anything in the last week. Uh, Today, though, I wanted to briefly touch on an unusual conversation I had with somebody. Someone who on any normal day, frankly, is not worth much conversation. (laughs) And you may very well know the type. It's the type of person to where everything is dramatic And everything is about them. They're very narcissistic and they spin every conversation, incident, God, weather pattern, I don't know, to being all about them. So, you know that type of personality, I'm sure. So this is not someone I generally just chill with. It's someone I occasionally speak to out of just necessity. But I was rather surprised in a very recent uh, conversation that I had with this individual. And in all fairness, actually, it was over text. It wasn't a face-to-face conversation. But Be that as it may, it was still a red-letter day that I was even able to carry on a conversation with this individual without it becoming a total uh, self-loathing festival from their part and making everything about them. There was, uh, there was some of that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, surprisingly low-key. 
is how I describe it. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this little conversation, and this may not be a very long podcast because it was a relatively short conversation, but what came out of that is I basically found myself, or found myself, excuse me, uh, proselytizing for some of my more recently attained beliefs. And that's something I've never really done. I usually don't proselytize. Of course, this is coming from a man who's doing a podcast and sharing it with the world. So, maybe I'm being a completely hypocrite. I don't know, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, Be that as it may, whichever you want to believe, I really don't care. But I was very deliberately talking about some of my core beliefs and ones that are otherwise substantially rare, I would say, in our modern world. And with that, that's what I just wanted to chat about. And also, if you did hear something in the background right there, my dog is right next to me and decided to just do one of his shaking um, things with his collar. So if you hear the cleaning of the collar shaking, don't worry, it's not me. (laughs) It's my dog who is basically my shadow. He goes wherever I go, essentially. Uh, He doesn't leave me alone. I can't remember the last time I've had a bowel movement by myself. <laughs> and even if I'm in the shower, uh, he sticks his head in behind the curtain, watches me shower, and checks in on me to make sure I'm there. <laughs> anyway. Um, so if you do hear some odd noises like that, that's what you're hearing. Don't worry, there's not some weird SNM stuff going on in the background. Anyway, back to the conversation that I had with this person. It made me advocate some of my core beliefs to someone who... And I would never give a minute to, to try and explain anything. And what surprised me was it seemed to get through just a little bit. And somehow this individual... for whatever reason, was listening or reading, as it were, what it was that I had to say with respect to these core and very unusual beliefs that I've shared before in other podcasts. And 
that's essentially what I'm going to go through today and, and share that, that with you and share with you the things that I said to demonstrate a point. And I just found it a little uh, interesting. So, without further ado, I shall go ahead and get this party started. To begin with, I need to refer to a kind of ongoing joke that I've had with many of my friends over the years, where basically it seemed to them, the outside observers, that, and that it actually appeared this way to me too, that despite all these odds medically stacked against me. I somehow survive and keep plugging through. And so we would joke around and say, nothing can kill you. Apparently you're immortal. We don't know what's going on anymore. And so it's kind of an ongoing joke that we had where we would both say, oh yeah, I'm immortal. Nothing can kill me, apparently. <laughs> because it was sort of like that feeling. And so it was just our way of joking around about it. But it triggered me a little bit to repeat one of the silly things that I would say to this person as uh, as a as a means to demonstrate how there is another way to look at things, especially the perceivement of loss. that may be far more healthy and useful than the old tropes we often, in our modern society, tie to grief. So, this other individual said, she, it's a she, she's actually uh, much older than me. She's, I think, around 60, maybe approaching 60. But anyway, uh, she said to me some of, uh, at one point, I'm actually beginning to think you're going to outlive me <laughs> and you're in hospice. And 
my response immediately to that was, yes, I am immortal. <laughs> Referring to that old joke I had with my friends. But I said it very matter of fact. That's because I'm immortal, yes. And she replied then to that, I almost believe that. And I said, oh, I can assure you of that. And that's when she got more confused. How could any reasonable human say I am immortal and really mean it? I explained to her I definitely did not mean that in, I guess, the classic sense. I'm all too aware of my mortality and the cessation of life comes for every one of us, no matter what. However... I explained to her that none of that really matters to me anymore. And that's because I have lived my life. I have been here. No matter how much influence I had on my fellow humans or not, whether if I was just a janitor in a jail or president, I don't know. doesn't matter, but I had a life in this universe. And no power in heaven or hell can ever take that away from me. And she was pretty puzzled. And I, I, I think maybe some of you are puzzled maybe by that. But as I truly see it, having already been born and having lived however long it ends up to be on this earth, I've already basically won the great universal uh, lottery against very extreme odds. The fact of the matter is my existence is so incredibly unlikely. It's like I've won the most uh, severe in lottery in terms of odds. <laughs> already just merely by being here and that I have lived and I've lived well and no one can ever take that away. 
And I alluded to, well, it's kind of like the old saying that you often hear. You cannot unring a bell. Once that happens, once a bell is rung, nothing you can do can change that. Of course, you could put the bell down. You could knock it out of its its lofty rafter or wherever it is, or you could shoot it down or whatever. You could stop a bell from ringing more in the future. But there is absolutely no way you can make what has already been. To no longer be. And that is very much how I feel about life. And one of the things I've philosophically sort of dived into um, within my just own internal dialogue, probably since I was a kid, to be honest. And later I come to find that I'm not alone whatsoever in that way of thinking. A lot of the ancient Stoics, for example, reflected this belief far more eloquently than I could. (laughs) But it showed to me, darn, I wasn't the first person to think of this some 2,000 years late. (laughs) That's pretty bad. Talk about being late to the party, but Better late than never. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, that's what I explained to her. I said, obviously, I know I will die, but nothing can ever take away that I've lived. So in that sense, my life, the things I've seen, the things I've done, the things I've said, the thoughts and feelings that I even kept to myself in my head will always have been. So in that sense, Everything you do in your life is essentially immortal. And you can find echoes 
of this belief system going back even to the ancient Greeks. But I can't remember right now at the top of my head which individual said it. So I would have to look that up. But anyway, the saying is <laughs> your actions on this earth will echo for an eternity. Or maybe it's it says something like that. <laughs> Um, golly, I have to look it up. Hold on. Now I'm being bothered. You can tell I'm terrible about this, and I totally ad-libbed these podcasts. So give me one second. Huh. Yeah, I'm sure this sounds good. I don't even have... I don't even have hold music for you guys. But anyway, moving on. I, 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 I can't... I think it was actually Aristotle, but don't hold me to that. <laughs> I think it was Aristotle who first said this. And well, actually, Aristotle was mainly just, I believe, repeating uh, the teachings of Plato. So he may have been actually the first to say this. The problem with him, though, is he did not write anything down. And a lot of what he said had to be written down by his later students and their recollection of his teachings. Anyway, again, the saying is, what you do in this last time, excuse me, what you do in this lifetime will echo for an eternity. So, in that sense, Yes, I truly meant it. I am immortal. And nothing has changed in the last 2,000 years, per se, that would somehow challenge this philosophy, I suppose, is the way to put it. But it's really driving home this belief that I've had for many, many years that what you do in life is done. You can't undo it. You can take actions to 
make it happen again or to prevent it from happening again or to make amends if what you did was wrong. But if you did something wrong, that is never going to go away, unfortunately. So you better be very careful with what you do in this lifetime. And she was, I suppose, taken quite aback from that perspective because that is not something that is repeated often in our modern culture and way of thinking. It was central to a lot of the beliefs and philosophies that later Stoics had, and it was a philosophy, a saying, so to speak, an axiom that was quite popular uh, throughout the Roman Empire. So it could be way off. Perhaps it was Virgil. I know Virgil wrote it, but I thought he was quoting a Greek. Anyway, I'll look that up. (laughs) And I'll correct all that terrible space in this recording later. Anyway, so that was the first part of this conversation that really demonstrated, I hope to her, a different way to look at life and how wonderful it is to have it. Because everything you doing it will last forever. People might not even know that what you did ever happened. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. So, popular remembrance or anything similar to that is not necessary for this to be true. And it's, I guess, just a very different way to look at, as I said, life. And you don't hear it much today. And it is a belief system that I've kind of somehow come to on my own for decades now. And also was something that originated thousands of years before I ever (laughs) uh, pulled it out of thin air and thought I was so smart for thinking of it. When apparently I'm just 2,000 years late to the party. (laughs) But all that being said, 
it's very important further that, that is this qualifier of, of what you had and what you did and what you said and felt cannot be undone. This belief is also essential when it comes to feelings of loss, which is where this person went, incidentally. And that's the other part of this conversation I just wanted to share. So the reason of my big confusion, first of all, with respect to the the quote that I said in the previous segment, uh, was kind of a duh moment because it's obviously a line that is used in one of the opening scenes of the American film Gladiator. And a lot of people attribute it to that. However... I was rather certain when I first watched that film that I had heard, if not the exact same line, but something extraordinarily similar to it already from a previous individual. And then... I further found that a lot of people attribute this quote to Marcus Aurelius. But then there's a whole fight between did Marcus Aurelius say this or not? (laughs) They say it's in his meditations. I have not confirmed this yet. Maybe that's where I saw it. Uh, I do, of course, have my copy of of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations with me, so I should be able to find that <laughs> if it's there. But uh, I don't want to get it too far in the weeds in that, so I, I apologize for using a quote that might uh, make your brain cells commit murder-suicide as it did for me trying to find the actual origin pre-Gladiator the film. Anyway. (laughs) But that is still something that I've held true for some time. Quote or not, whatever. I've believed truly that everything you do lasts forever, no matter how mundane and washed away those memories are. The fact that you did, said, thought, loved, whatever it is, did something. 
it can never be erased and changed. There is no backwards erase button in life, which I've often fantasized about and wish there was. <laughs> but sadly, no such uh, hack exists. Anyway, moving onward to this conversation, the second part of it. This individual lamented the loss of their mother, who they were very close to. And I said, yeah, having that exact similar experience I certainly can understand that feeling that you've lost something that you once had. However, similar to with what I already said in the last segment, the other way you can look at it is that you absolutely had a good loving mother who cared for you who you cared for and were so lucky to be raised by so lucky. That's like winning a second huge lottery. <laughs> I've known a lot of friends' mothers. And if your mother's good and loving, that's like a you've just won two major lotteries in the universe because they're so unlikely. But anyway, yeah, I explained how I look at it is... Just because that person is no longer alive, does it change the fact, in this case, that she was a wonderful mother, that you cherished her, or you do cherish her still, of course you do, and you still love her. Why would it make sense, in other words, for your love and cherishment of her die with her? You would be completely aloof and apathetic. I mean, you'd have to be a raging nihilist of some sort. So, if truly everything you do lasts forever, 
so too does the people that matter to you in your life. What the only thing that changed was that you will no longer be able to experience that wonderful experience. Freshly anew with each passing day, which absolutely is is a bummer. It's sad, absolutely. But I don't think you've lost anything. For example, if you have a best friend who dies, does your friendship die with them? This is another experience I've had where my best friend in high school killed himself. And even though he did and cut short more of our daily friendship, it absolutely did not erase the friendship that I was so lucky to have and experience. And that can never be undone. To lament the loss of a loved one is literally lamenting the loss of things that did not yet transpire or continue to transpire. But it did happen, and you did have a good, loving mother. So you didn't actually lose anything. You didn't have her love or companionship guaranteed for all of time. How naive could you be? (laughs) And so to lament the loss of someone you're close to is to lament speculative benefits that may have yet occurred, but did not. So since it has never even happened yet, nothing was given to you and taken away. You did not lose anything. It's an illusion. In my opinion. And she was again taken aback from this perspective. And 
actually started to Google some of the things that I had mentioned then too, which really surprised me because this is normally an individual who just loves wallowing in sorrow, it seems. But rather than that, just from listening to that perspective, was nudged just a bit to question her own thoughts on that. May change, may not. But I was actually very impressed that it gave her pause in her loathing and misery, so to speak. And that was more or less where that conversation ended. It was short. But I wanted to talk about it because this is something with this individual that never normally happens. (laughs) As I said already, she is the drama type. And it's all about me type. And she actually finally didn't go that way when I explained these beliefs that I have to her. And many of you out there may think I am just a nutter, a flat-out nutter. I, I... Blown on a street corner with the sandwich board over my head, yelling at passerbys and gibberish. And you might be right. (laughs) But just as I've deeply thought and reflected on those thoughts, It has really changed my view of life and death and loss. And is some of the factor that led me to be completely at peace with my own death. So, it feels really good to realize you're kind of, in a way, immortal.
So that, my friends and listeners, pretty much sums up what I wanted to share in this week's podcast. I know it's rather short and many of you have been in a place where they're saying, yeah, 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 we've heard you say all this before. But it was really fascinating to me that the least person I would ever expect to listen to these views actually listened enough to at least take pause and even start to Google some of these ideas on her own. So that that was definitely a, a new experience for me. And I don't really know as I do these podcasts and share these feelings and thoughts, if any of you have, I don't know, benefited in some way from me sharing these bizarre beliefs with you. And I don't know how many of you just think I need to be hauled off to the to the asylum either. But uh, if you at least made it this long, I I have to say thank you for uh, enduring my my uh, insufferable rambling that's what I'll call it (laughs) but if you ever had an experience similar to this to where changing your beliefs became essential to finding more happiness in your life. Even if there's some of the same beliefs that I share here, which would surprise me, I doubt many people subscribe to this, but maybe some of you do now that you've heard me ramble about it. <laughs> Either way, if, if things like this have ever given you pause, I would, I would definitely love to hear about it because uh, it is not easy to change one's fundamental views of life, death, their place in the universe, and key elements 
to what we all experience as human beings. And if you made it this long in this recording, uh, I apologize. I already said it was going to be a little short this time. But thank you very much for listening and no matter what you may think, whether if I'm completely psycho or (laughs) any of this is giving you pause for thought in a good way, I don't know. Either way, thank you for listening to my voice and these ramblings as I share the events and thoughts in the last days of my life. So, I do thoroughly appreciate you giving me that time. If you want to help the podcast any further, you can just go to its homepage on Spotify and click on support this podcast or more easily just go to patreon.com and become a patron and you don't get much in terms of benefits <laughs> I shouldn't even say that there's no way to sell anything but actually you you do get uh, a look at some pictures of me and uh, the dog who will eat my face <laughs> and other little things like that uh, that I would otherwise keep largely very uh, private. So, uh, joining on Patreon might at the very least, you know, scratch that stalker itch you might be having. (laughs) I jest, I jest. I would appreciate your support in any way. But, Again, you've already given me the most I could ask for by just listening. And I hope to be in contact with you with future updates in the near future. But for now, off Fidesz.